Hey everybody, this is Kimia. And I'm Sean. And you're listening to Content and Coffee. Hey everybody, this is episode 11, the double ones. And uh, today I'm going to be talking with Sean. He actually just got back from Asia. So uh, it's always nice to have you have you back on the podcast and back into our, our similar routine. Absolutely. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how do you become a better salesperson? And this this can obviously relate to you know founders and employees alike, uh, people who want to become a better salesperson. It, sales is so essential in terms of you know like how you can grow the company, and there there are a few fundamentals that we're really trying to say. You know, if you focus on these things, it'll help you long term. Mm-hmm. I would uh, yeah. So good to be back. Uh, hello, everyone, all the listeners. I would. Uh, this is a super important episode because. I would argue that in the first, you know, couple of years of your business, your personal sales skills is the most important skill and the key to your success. And even as your business scales to much larger and you have the luxury of hiring a sales team, still your personal sales skills is going to be like an absolutely pivotal thing whether it's, you know, closing partnerships, investment, anything like that. And growing up in like the traditional business uh, university and corporate world, people don't put enough emphasis on the importance of sales skills for starting a business, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find so many people are, they build first and sell later when it should be the reverse. Um, mm-hmm. One of, uh, I, just act- I actually just interviewed Will from Sasquatch.com and they're, uh, they're doing the, uh, the growth automation platform. And he was saying one of their, like how they spawned one of their initial ideas is they just had an idea and one website page. And then it was battling another idea. And so how they were going to decide on which idea they were going to pursue is who had the most sales at the end of that idea, which I thought was really important because it just highlights how important, you know, like selling before building first, because what if no one wants to buy it? So Mm -hmm. let's dive into the, uh, sorry, um, let's dive into the first topic and say, uh, you know, what is the most important part about being, you know, having a good mentality of, a, of becoming a better salesperson long-term? Good question. So it, it sounds cliche, but the most important thing is just to keep moving forward and not get discouraged by the rejections and the no's, but actually get motivated by the no's. And again, it sounds cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Uh, sales, like anything, is a process and you can't learn sales You can learn the fundamentals of sales from reading a book or from watching videos, but you can't actually learn sales until you actually go out and try to sell something. And you're going to get a ton of no's before you start getting yeses. And you have to embrace that process. And it always fascinates me how many people really view a rejection as a negative thing when it's not. It's just an extremely predictable and expected thing that's going to happen a lot of times on your journey of becoming an incredible salesperson. So just understand and accept that your process of becoming great at sales is going to evolve, involve a ton of no's, especially at the beginning. But even the best salespeople in the world still are going to get way more no's than they get yeses. So embracing that and channeling that um, is the most important thing to start with. Yeah, I think, I think always moving forward is, is so, so important. One of the things that I want to say as well is sales is a very up and down cyclical um, process or um, you know, position that you're going to be in. And whether that's raising money as in terms of selling your idea or actually doing transactional sales, so you're, you're selling uh, digital products or um, you're selling services, there are going to be highs and lows. And I'll give you an example for Ghost It. One of the things that we did, was we, had, we had an absolute killer month. 
we, I think we increased the business by like 30%. It was ridiculous. But because we spent so much time filling our pipeline, we spent too much time celebrating our big win and we didn't focus on refilling the pipeline. So then we had this huge low and we were all like, what's going on? Like, why is this going so badly? But, uh, you know, that's a perfect example of if you celebrate your wins really hard and you don't continue to move forward or you, or you, you know, moan over your, your losses really, you know, over time, um, it, it won't be good later on in terms of your sales. Like you're not going to have a consistent, predictable sales funnel that, uh, that you can consistently close deals with and, and grow whatever you're growing. Definitely. I think it's all about just taking steady action at all levels of the sales pipeline, regardless of wins or losses, no matter what many wins or losses you have, you know, your actions just be consistent month over month. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can't let the wins or the losses really deter you from uh, that path of moving forward. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think the next point I want to talk about, Kimia, is the question of where do you focus your attention when you're kind of selling to a company with many people within it? Yeah, absolutely. I find too many people try and cover too much ground too quickly. And, you know, we, we actually had this problem before, but one of the things that worked really well for us and to become a great salesperson, I find that the best always focus their attention on one person at a time, because the more personal you make it and the more, the more uh, attention you give that one individual, the better they're going to respond. And it's more likely that they're going to end up becoming a customer of yours. The best sales is about problem solving, not buying. If you help them solve a problem through your product or through your service, you're going to have a much longer relationship and a much better customer relationship than if you just try and get them to buy this thing and then move on to the next customer, right? You want to be, you want to be around for them. You want to answer all their questions and it's educated based selling, right? That, mm -hmm. that is the, the most effective uh, thing you can possibly do. So ensure that you focus your attention on one person at a time and give them your full attention. Absolutely. Um, I definitely agree with that. At the end of the day, it's people that are going to make a decision to buy from you or not. And by focusing on one person, making it personal, you earn their trust, which is one of the most important things when it comes down to choosing you over someone else. Mm -hmm. So definitely agree. Just to and, jump in, just to jump in really quick. I think a lot of people forget, like, I, I really like that point you just brought up. A lot of people forget that at the end of the day, there's, there's someone making that decision. Like if you're selling to a big company, they're not just that one company. They're a person within that company that has their own likes and dislikes and, and personal ambitions and, and everything that goes along with being a person. And a lot of people forget that. They say, like, oh, this company's going to buy our stuff. Like, no, no, there, there is a key decision maker that you have to focus your attention on and, and appeal to that person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in terms, yeah. of, in terms of being strategic, um, you know, Sean, talk about that a little bit. Like, what, can, what can you do to be a better salesperson? in terms of having a strategy moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question. So on uh, looking at an individual sales process with one prospect, I think there is a lot of advantages to being prepared and having a plan and then sticking to that plan. Before I go into a sales meeting, I always take some time before to map out how I want it to go, the main points I'm going to hit, and how I'm going to deal with any um, objections that come up. And... Uh, it, the plan never plays out exactly like I had planned, but having that plan and staying roughly to it really makes all the difference. And when you walk in there having prepared, you're going to start off with a much more confident footing. So, you know, prepare for each sales meeting and have a plan of how you're going to close that deal would be the first thing I'd say. Is there any examples from uh, 
your experience that would echo this? Yeah. So one of the things that I've started to do is, you know, because we well, we both have a million things going on all at once. Um, one of the things that I've, I've started to do is I'll take my calendar and I'll segment it into blocks so that I can actually have a plan for my day to then focus on that one person at a time. So say I have got three client meetings scheduled or three customer calls booked or demos booked. What I'll do is I'll schedule an hour before each call. And I know that there's three hours out of my day that I have to do this. And so I make sure that my calendar is public so no one on my team can bother me. And those, those three hours, each one is, say I'm doing a site audit to say, here's, you know, here's all the things that I think you can improve. I'll make sure that that's in my calendar. So when I check, that's my plan for that specific time. And nothing can derail me from that. Because you know, there have been times where I've been rushed and I've only had 15 minutes to dive into that meeting. And it, it doesn't look as good and you don't look like you know your stuff as much. And, you know, you're not like focusing on that one person. It doesn't look like you're focusing on them at the same time. But, you know, to, to transition to our next point, that is something that is a mistake that I made in the past. And I've learned from that mistake. And so I think the key thing to becoming a better salesperson is making sure you learn from your mistakes, because if you don't learn, you're not going to become a better salesperson. You're just going to keep making the mistakes over and over and you're never going to improve. Absolutely. Um, you know, sales, like a lot of things, I would agree with that. And also just looking at your past wins and past losses and asking yourself on the clients that you won, what led you to that win on the clients that you lost, what led you to that loss and integrating that feedback going forward is really, really important. And an interesting thing I find about sales is that you can make sales really, really complicated or quite simple. And I generally make it pretty simple for my business. I have a very basic plan going into each meeting. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the person liking you and you thoughtfully listening to what they say and then directly answering their questions. That builds trust over anything else and has allowed me to close deals um, when I was competing with agencies three to four times as large as myself, it's really all about making that person trust and like you and want to work with you. Um, and it's not, it's not really rocket science. It's kind of just basic social skills applied for a purpose with a basic plan. And, you know, that's like, that'll get you kind of 80, 90% of the way there. And there are really sophisticated methods that you can go through sales. And I think there's a lot of value to those too. But to start selling, I think you just got to go in there um, with the goal of earning their trust, answering other questions, and then just gradually building reference experiences to move forward. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. It's funny because you know, on, on your end, you, you make your sales process really simple. But I am a total data nerd, and I love, okay. I love gathering as much data as possible. And so, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I probably do that. You know, I should actually take your advice. I probably overcomplicate my sales process, and I say, you know, how did you find us? Uh, what didn't you like about this? What did you like about this? And I try and gather as much information as possible. And it's actually nice because most CRMs now, they're really good about, you can pull reports really easily. And so mm-hmm. I'm always trying to look and test and see kind of like what's working, what's not working, and then and pulling those reports and seeing over those. But, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. I can get bogged down by it. And it's, that could, you know, that could honestly Im- impede me from making that next call. Um, one of the things that I, I think I read somewhere or I saw a talk on or something along these lines is, when you're on a sales call, uh, this doesn't really apply to meetings because in meetings you should be taking notes. But when you're on a sales call, uh, record your calls and try not to take notes and just listen. Because if you listen, you have, you're giving them your full undivided attention. This touch ba- touches back to the focusing your attention piece. 
you're giving them your full undivided attention instead of focusing on, on trying to cram in notes while they talk because maybe they're a fast talker. So record the call, listen back on that. If anything has gone right or wrong, or if you, you know, you want to listen to any key details again, but that's a little tip that I found really insightful because I, I see so many people on sales calls, like on the phone or, uh, you know, in, in video, I guess video kind of applies to an in-person meeting as well. But I see all these people, they're like frantically trying to take notes. Like, no, 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 there's, there's plenty of technology out there to just, you know, record the call, touch back on it later, and then give them your undivided focus and attention. Definitely. Um, I haven't recorded calls myself. I've done a little bit, but that's actually something I can maybe look into. Mm-hmm. And you I should. Agree with you, you should. It's really good. It's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm probably on a little bit too far at the end of the spectrum where I don't use enough analytics and planning, and uh, I could probably use more. However, I do 100% agree that using a CRM is essential to keep on track of your scheduled follow-ups and everything like that. It's, it's uh, so 100% yeah. would be not be able to live without my CRM. And, you know, what I could do in the future is try to draw more analytics from it. I guess it, it comes down to where you are in your business and just where you want to invest your time. So if you have, you know, as you start building a sales team and there's more and more data, I think it's worth more of your time to analyze that data and make tweaks to the sales process as you get there. So it's definitely an evolution. Um, but I think that everyone who is selling to more than like, three prospects at a time needs a CRM to track everything. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I think, I think tracking is so important. The final thing that I do want to touch on as well is be ruthless about your schedule and cut anything out that isn't essential. Uh, you know, as salespeople, there's so many things that you need to get done. Uh, you need to follow up with prospects. You need to you know, make your leads. You need to do your cold calls like uh, you need to touch in with. Uh, prospective clients, but anything that falls outside of that scope, cut it out of your schedule for now and make sure you prioritize. Uh, that, mm, absolutely. That's something, that's something that I try and do. And it, you know, it, it's paid dividends enormously. Mm-hmm. It's even tougher as people like us, where we are salespeople for our businesses, but then we're also operators of the business as well. So my <laughs> time is kind of split up probably 50 to 60% prospecting and sales. And then 40 to 50% operating the business and managing the team. So it absolutely comes down to cutting out the things that aren't essential. And you have to prioritize the sales process and the prospecting and filling the pipeline. And oftentimes that means you're not going to be able to get to something else. And that's just kind of the way it is. So blocking your time and cutting out anything that's not going to give you a, you know, it's not a high leverage task. It's going to bring your business a high ROI. Or if you're a fully salesperson, you know, you want to be spending the most hours selling as you actually can. You don't want to be you know, bogged down with administrative tasks. So it's about streamlining your process and systems so you can spend as much time selling as possible. I love, I love that piece that you just mentioned on high leverage tasks. tasks. I think that's so important. If you, can, if you can focus on things that will allow you to, you know, an Archimedean lever to, to scale exponentially or to you know, uh, say you're selling to a business and you know that business is your perfect customer that's going to give you an awesome case study if you knock it out of the park and they're going to give, um, they're going to give you like five referrals. That's where you should be spending most of your time instead of um, maybe checking back with his existing customers or something along those lines. Definitely. One point you brought up earlier that I just thought about now I want to touch on is that you talked about using data and analytics to improve your sales process. So from my point of view, I think data and analytics is really, really important in the 
the, the top half of the funnel when you're prospecting. You could be sending out cold emails, cold calls, etc. Like anything to book you the demo. That is much more data-driven in my opinion because you're sending out such a high volume of outbound requests or maybe you're doing marketing and you're booking the demo. So for that, even now, I should say I do use a lot of analytics and see what works the best. Um, and then for me, once you land that first meeting, it kind of just moves into more, this is just a person-to-person thing. And then I, at that point, I'm a bit more of just a natural salesperson and don't analyze as much. But I should say that in that top half of the funnel, um, going from outbound to booking demos, that's a really analytic, heavy part of the sales process for me as well. So I want to put you on the spot here and ask you a quick question. Okay. Um, when you lose deals, are you recording yes. the reason why? Very briefly, the one sentence why. Yeah, I do the same. Um, and it's, it's very anecdotal. Like I'll, I'll always, like if they go with someone else or you know, they don't follow through, I'll send them a follow-up email or get them on the phone and say like, hey, like, why wasn't Ghosted a good fit for you? Um, you know, what, what can we do to improve? Like, why didn't we get your business essentially? And they'll give me some stupid answer where it's like, oh, you know, it's not you, it's us. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's us. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can be honest. And I, I think that's really important because if you can understand why people aren't using you, and, you know, in a transparent way, you've, you don't have their business. They've gone with someone else. You're not going to lose anything by asking that question. If you get that answer from them, that's really valuable for building out your processes later on. Definitely. That's an interesting topic. It's, um, you know, human beings are way too polite for their own good and no one wants to offend anyone. So <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard to get so honest true. answers. It's so true. But if you, it's, it's worth asking. And every now and then you'll get an honest answer, which you definitely can use to move forward. That's super valuable. And that's something I should do more of as well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I've started doing in the last couple of months and I found it really, it's, uh, it's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I won't, I won't say why people, people don't use us, but it's also, it's also nice for the, uh, the objections of selling because it's, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if you're mid pitch and they'll say, oh, I don't know about this. And, and then you can say like, well, we've actually had this objection before and here's how, here's how we solve for that problem. And they'll say, oh, okay, great. That sounds good. Let's, let's move forward. So that's, that's pretty valuable as well. So that's a piece of data that I, I'm pretty meticulous about collecting now. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that brings us through most of the points we want to talk about. Maybe I'll just go through a quick uh, yeah, wrap-up here give for the listeners. The listeners. Um, so to recap, the first point we brought up is the importance of always moving forward and just uh, going, maintaining momentum through the nose and through the ups and downs and keeping your process going. Secondly, uh, people make the decision to buy your product or service, so focus on selling and talking to one person at a time. Always have a basic plan going into every sales meeting and sales process, and then learn from your mistakes. And sales is an iterative process where each interaction you have is going to make you better for the next one. And finally, be ruthlessly cut everything out from your schedule that is not a high leveraged activity. I love it. Uh, you know, Excellent. just a just a final plug. Um, well, not a plug, but an ask. If uh, if you guys like the the episode and you know you like the content, we obviously love making them. Uh, that's why we're on episode eleven now. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to to see the the double digits, which is which is exciting. Um, you know, please give us a five star rating, share the content. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll link the emails down below and then in the description. You can send us any questions you might have. Uh, we uh, we did the email list question for Kevin, which I hope he found valuable as well. And uh, yeah, just share the content we, uh, or give us your feedback. We always love hearing from the listeners. Absolutely. All right. On that well, note, I think will... that's it. Sean, good to have you back. I'm, um, I'm happy you're back in, uh, in Canada. <laughs>
Thank you. Good to be back. A little rainy. But, yeah, uh, it's not. It's not as. It's not the sunny tropical paradise that you were before. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, we will see you guys next episode. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, 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 oh